Hello listeners of our podcast. This is the last yak of the year. A special yak, a yak retrospective. We wanted to distill a year's worth of watching Korean dramas into a single episode. So, we fell back on the tried and tested format of listing the best and the worst. <laughs> Why mess with a good formula? In the next 2 hours, we'll go over our top 3 dramas, honorable mentions, the worst sinners, older dramas that we finally watched, and the 2018 dramas we wish we hadn't missed. If you go down to the description, you'll find all the award categories laid out with timestamps. Use them wisely. What you won't find in this yak is any of the currently airing dramas. There are some really good ones, but we have learned through painful viewing experience that you can't judge a drama till its very last scene. A few other things before we start the episode. Sanya and Anissa both have their year-end reviews up on Drama Beans. Links are below. You should go and read them. Both found themes to connect all the dramas they loved in 2018 and reading their articles made me see those stories in a completely different way. How am I friends with these amazing writers? The most writing I've done recently is the script for this intro <laughs> and Twitter, I guess. Which brings me to At the beginning of December, we started the December dramas hashtag to invite our Twitter friends to tell us about their 2018 hits and misses in one tweet review format. We got so many, so many. If I ever finish putting all of them in one blog post, I'll link that below. So please check that out as well. And finally, a word about our Patreon page. We started it because we need help running this podcast and improving it, but we hadn't really thought much about what to do with the actual Patreon page. It functions almost like a blog and they let you make posts and upload audio there. So, we were thinking, occasionally we like doing nerdy things like audio commentaries on random old dramas like Full House. It's fun for us and for a handful of geeky listeners who would like to have us in their ear when they watch the drama too. But episodes like that don't do very well on our main podcast feed. We know because we can see the numbers. So, We thought the Patreon page would be a good space to put up these nerdy dives that only select listeners would actually be interested in. They'll be freely accessible. You don't have to pledge anything to listen to them. We hope that you can check them out and we'll do one every few months or so. And if you do want to support us, then we'd be glad for that too. Okay, I'm all done. Enjoy the episode guys. Farm out. and this is Sayan. This is Anissa and this is Parama. And this is our year and yak. Yay. Oh, you said it so well. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I try saying that it just comes out as year and yak. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, one of my joke suggestions for the title of this episode was actually the yak's rear end. <laughs> okay. <sighs> okay. How was 2018 for everybody? drama wise not life wise although we can talk about that too Burma <laughs> <laughs> do you want to go first uh you know this well it it wasn't very it was weird and there were certain moments when there was a lot of hope from the dramas and then um the higher the hope the greater the disappointment felt so I don't know what to say about this particular year that would be it was I guess I appreciated having dramas to root for like dramas that I had a lot of hopes for it wasn't completely meh which is always a good thing 
but i wish that the disappointments weren't as as resounding as they were mm. yeah it's been a bit of a slim year hasn't it yeah when we were um like when we were thinking up our different uh, dramas for the different categories we want to discuss today it was really hard for me to figure out cuz i dropped a lot of dramas yeah. like way more than you guys you guys are more determined about drama watching than i am if not this i can oh yeah now. me not yeah i mean i've dropped a lot of stuff this year actually that is my takeaway from this year it's that i have learned how to drop dramas without regrets uh, cuz it's like you know it's it's about time you know you're at this age and you're like my life is finite i feel it and you really need to learn to drop stuff that that isn't rewarding so yeah this was a year of learning to drop dramas just because the unrewardingness of some of the stuff i watched was so like unignorably bad i still made it the most i feel <laughs> out of the three of us like every month when we would come for our yaks my list would be like one or two dramas and Barma had a respectable amount. You would have this like long list. <laughs> Do you know why? It's because um, usually, like, usually I'd be recapping more, isn't it, for Drama Beans? And this year I didn't really do a lot of recapping, sadly. But that means that the time I didn't spend recapping is time I spent watching stuff. So that's why I have a ridiculous list of mm. dramas that I watched yeah. to completion. But then I also like there's another ten or so that I dropped like at some point in their run and then like among the ones i've watched there were ones i should have dropped so yeah i am a bit ashamed of how much i've watched but it was a product of like not doing work that would otherwise have taken up that time in my free time i felt a bit like a school kid while doing our podcasts because i would um leave the drama watching till almost the last moment like not <laughs> if i really got into a drama but whenever we had a yank scheduled um, like a week before that i'd be like wait i have these 10 dramas and marathons <laughs> yeah one episode of each that's going to be so, me tonight <laughs> <laughs> So I but um, I'm kind of glad I did that though I think this year because we had the podcast I have um sampled more dramas than I had in any of the years before oh, and wow. um that sort of let me experience the breadth of K dramas as I have never done before I've been pretty oh, picky right. of like usually Saya watches something she screams at me about it and then I watch it that has been my K drama watching experience for like <laughs> five six years Where, now whereas with podcasting because we've been doing the yaks every month um and with yeah. the yaks we've been previewing dramas we actually like we we know what's up. i mean mm. i kind of preview anyway like by myself but yeah you do but i felt more yeah i felt yeah, like I, I, i felt more responsible <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i didn't watch as much as i would have watched before just because i was so busy with like school and stuff but i think like you said i had an idea of what was coming up better and then if i was watching something i was more motivated to like stay up to date with it whereas before i would be like ah that looks cool i'll wait until like half of it is over and then i'll watch it and see if i like it and i'll wait for what other people are but then i was more motivated this time to like watch it for myself and keep up to date so i could share my thoughts as it was airing you know and we could discuss it on the podcast especially if i knew that you guys were watching it too Yeah, more than what I thought. I, I I wanted to know what you guys thought about these dramas. So yeah, yeah. it was fun. 
In terms of general <laughs> trends, for me, I think it was a year, like you said, of pharma of like unexpected, I guess, just surprises. Like there was a lot of things that I was really excited for that ended up really disappointing me. And then there were other things that were not on my radar at all, or like I was very tentatively interested in that ended up being really, really great and really enjoyable. So that was a trend for me. There's also a lot of stuff that I found to be more low key and enjoyable in a more like slice of life. Like I feel like most of the stuff I really enjoyed tended to be more slice of life and low key rather than being like the really flashy, sparkly, you know, like epic romantic uh or like really you know the more I guess prestige type stuff the prestige stuff didn't really hit me that much this year it was more slice of life Mm. right I feel like if we were to sum up the sort of the general feel of 2018 it seems like that low-key that healing thing has been the strongest tone I guess across I think so yeah. Maybe not K drama in general, but at least in what I've watched, that's that's been the dominant kind of feel in everything. Yeah. But then it's it's been interesting to see that we're not the only ones who said this. Um like like everyone has seemed to use have used that word in describing how twenty eighteen was for them in, in dramas. Yeah, and like none of us watched Maya Jishi, but everyone was kind of saying the same thing about that one too. And that seems to be like kind of the hit of the year that everyone's yeah. been raving about. That none of us have watched. No, sorry guys. <laughs> sorry. We're going to watch it. <laughs> it's what been we, like the drama of the year. And yeah. it, the fact that it has it can't make any of our uh, actual lists because we haven't watched it, it's like it, it needs to be recognized. Yeah, but we missed out on that one while <laughs> yeah. yeah and we're well aware of the fact that we missed out as well so with that in mind should we jump into our honorable mentions let's yes <laughs> um to give credit where it's due this year gave us a, a lot of new concepts and a lot of new ways of telling stories and i think um our honorable mentions definitely exemplify that um should should i start Okay. Um, (laughs) I'm going to start with something that I had a lot of hopes for, but um, it just couldn't, it just couldn't land in the end. And that's what's wrong with Secretary Kim. I don't think I've ever loved Park Min Young more than in the first seven or eight episodes of this drama. Her character was so confident and <laughs> she she was both relatable and aspirational like she was this person who had an entire career behind her she was respected in in her workplace but she was also done she had made a decision and she didn't think she owed anybody any explanation she wanted to live for herself and people around her was scrambling to adjust to a decision that she made it was so refreshing to see this in a drama and i I genuinely enjoyed Park Seo Joon's character here as well. If if I um, were ever to root for a narcissistic hero, um, (laughs) he should be done like this. (laughs) So yeah, I I love these two together. I hope they work together again. But um, the reason this one didn't make my list was because Park Min Young's character, um, her agency was kind of the the 
we we loved her character because of the agency that she had she had made a decision she wanted a different life for herself but in the end she fell in love with a boss and decided to just stay in the job and never experience life outside being viso a secretary and it just completely ruined the wonderful arc that i was anticipating for her character and yeah. also really really compromised the lovely relationship that they were developing between these two so yeah yeah really that's, that's i agree with you and that's why i didn't even make it onto my honorable mention just how much i enjoyed the same the thing yeah the yeah and also so good, but. but how disappointed i was by the way it ended yeah. um like that disappointment outweighs my enjoyment of the first half to the point that i'm like you damn drama <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's you know, it, 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 a bad feeling afterwards. I, I think it's it's um um like Secretary Kim got lucky. I haven't actually watched um like I I managed to not watch too many great dramas. Like I watched a lot of dramas. Like I I tried out a lot of great dramas, but I missed out on seemingly the best ones this year. So I am working with a limited pool of good dramas to begin yeah. with. <laughs> Mm. So Imagine this one you know how many dramas you watched this year uh 2018 I bro. have not made notes but honestly um I'm pretty sure it it must be I, I, I'm talking about just first episodes mm. I must have watched a good 40 okay. <laughs> wow. yeah but I I still managed to miss out some amazing gems so which we'll get to later and yeah Okay and uh, the next one is I'm not a robot which I I know everybody loved um I and I and I really enjoyed uh, especially Chase Owen's character I I loved the way I just I love the way she played the robot I I have I I have nothing but admiration for her for not just her portrayal of um Jia but also Damn, it must have been really uncomfortable in that dress. That dress looked horribly uncomfortable. It was. Uncomfortable. You know how cold she was. She talks about it in yeah. the behind the scenes. Poor thing is, I, I watched so her interviews. Changed it. I just. <laughs> oh my god. But I, I love the themes of this drama, and we can talk about this later because I'm, I'm sure this one made your list. Um, for the best so one. So why But didn't it make your like your best list? I, I think it was, and um, I don't know how to say this. Like, what it, was missing in it for you? I I think ultimately it was not like the drama itself was complete it was like a really good satisfying meal like it it the drama did never like it avoided all of the usual pitfalls that would like drag down a drama for you so it wasn't that it was a somewhere I I didn't buy the romance and I know it sounds like a just I I know that but I think the problem wasn't with Chee Soo-min's character for me it was with um, what's the dude's name Yoo Sung-ho <laughs> Yoo Sung-ho yeah I'm sorry mm. I'm sorry but it it was with Yoo Sung-ho I I really I had trouble with his character not that there was anything wrong with his character but just I couldn't connect with the actor's portrayal of the character and th- this is funny um I'm you know sir everything that you said about Yoo Sung-ho um about how like just um Uh, expressive he is and how just the generally fantastic an actor he is i feel that now that i'm watching um beksu has returned return of beksu mm-hmm. i i feel that now with this drama but for some reason it just didn't work for me and i'm not a robot if you don't mind just if i just like 
say one thing. Yeah. I agree with you about Yu Sung-ho because like he's so good in Buxu's return. But before yeah. this, I've always found him to be a little bit overacting in everything. Thank you. Yes, exactly. He that was really the- good at crying. But sometimes I'm like, hi, you don't really need to cry in this scene. Like, it's okay. It's like, take it down a notch. <laughs> so I agree. Yeah. I think- the thing to remember with Yusungo is that he basically he's a dramatic actor, and this was his yeah. first act. Uh, not counting the that other drama, the proposal one. What was it called? Operation Proposal. Operation Proposal. That was basically a rom com. Yeah, I mean, but he, he was really young then, like in a way that I wouldn't have expected anyone his age to be good at it. Um, whereas, like, he's in his mid twenties now, um, but this is his first like proper adult romance role. And so, like, I can see, like, I, yeah. I can't see, but I can see why you would say that, though I don't see it that <laughs> way. But I've even found him to be overacting in his dramatic roles, like in I Miss You, you know? I haven't watched or that Or Rambo, like, or Sun's but, War. Like, yeah, like, but I felt like that's what the character demanded. But then, like, um, uh, Anissa wrote uh, uh, a thingy recently on one of the Drama Beans um, weekly watching posts, about how he gives 200% when it needs to be 80. And I have to, I do agree. That's yeah. totally right. But I also, that's kind of, that is using her to me, which is like, you know, he's a, a, despite everything, he's always a crown prince. And sometimes that crown princiness <laughs> comes out. And sometimes, you know, it, whether he's talking to a playground bully or like a random person, he's suddenly the crown prince. And you're like... <laughs> I mean, I find that distracting. It takes me out of the story. I actually really enjoyed that. So basically, he's your baby, and he can do no wrong. You know. (laughs) But but I will give him that. Um, he he is amazing in 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 Boxer's Return. I'm I and I totally understand what Sia meant about just just generally his charisma. I never felt it before. I feel it now. So, hey guys, yeah. go and watch. Uh, what is it called? Uh, Warrior Pek Dung Su. And I will. I will. That one's forever. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Uh, my third honorable mention is a poem a day. Um. A, a drama that again we will definitely be talking about later. But it's um. It's hard to say why it didn't make my um best list. I suppose it's it's. I think it was mostly because of uh, one of the love interests of our heroine, um, Jang Dong-yoon. Jang Dong-yoon. Yeah. My baby. Um, <laughs> yeah, Shin Mino. Um, he, I, again, an actor I really like and I understand. And he did an amazing job of portraying this character. But his, just this character got really annoying. Um, he was skewed point, by the writing. He was, he was. It was definitely the fault of the the way the character was uh, formed. It was not his fault at all. He is amazing, as always. But that was one. And the other reason that this drama kind of got... It's not that it got on my nerve, but I think... See, there is something amazing about the way they used poetry to subtly make certain points. But that subtlety completely went out of the window whenever they decided we needed a moral lesson. And the moral lesson would be so, it, it would be sledgehammer obvious. It would like hit you on the head and then just to be sure that you were properly hit, they would get like a two by four and hit you again. 
it would be really really blunt so after a point i was just like done with the moral lessons i think the one of the most egregious ones was the one where they decided to give us that um it was towards the end and i think um one of the character's son had uh, been sent to uh, another like a foreign country to learn english and he was really fluent and his colleagues were super impressed of this young boy who could fluently speak english and they were like oh we should also teach our kids from a very young age and then they saw the boy drinking with out with his friends and they're like oh so he was sent abroad to learn english but he never learned what like virtue morals, or, yeah. morals yeah. yeah so it it became like learning english versus a character it just what i i mean <laughs> you know it's like the broad strokes the moral broad strokes these people used at certain points just just got on my nerves so yeah it's it's in honorable mentions cuz it was really enjoyable i loved the main pairing i loved like Look, I was Yeline through and through. So, I am a happy camper. <laughs> I, um <laughs> So, yeah, I I really enjoyed this drama. It's definitely one that I'm going to rewatch and yeah. Nice. So. so, um yeah, this is also in my honorable mentions and I I I think I agree with you. Like the poetry was beautiful. It was sometimes forcing uh I think it it's kind of forced some redemptions that didn't need to happen. And also there was a there was kind of a disconnect for me between like the beauty of the poetry and the arcs and like a lot of the relationships and just the repetitive um humor and like the kind of I know that it worked for a lot of people and some of it worked for me but it was one of the things that just like I was not on board with from the beginning and even by the <laughs> end I was just like uh so that's I guess just a personal preference but I just found it like a very lazy writing choice to just have these catchphrases and use them over and over and over and over again. So So yeah. you don't want someone to give you some advice. Uh, <laughs> no. Well, maybe if it's Ethan Huck, I'll I'll make an exception, but I always make an exception for him. But, uh, but yeah, um also want to mention that UB was incredible and I love her and she just carried this whole thing. She was Oh my god, yes. She glowed. she she was I'd completely forgotten where I'd seen her before, but it was Pinocchio and she was this nosy uh you know like fresh out of school reporter and she she was just like, she had the most expressive eyes in that and I am so happy that this drama made such good use of her ability to cry. <laughs> it was just it was great. Well, can I give you some advice? <laughs> <laughs> Do not watch Scholar Who Walks the Night. Oh yeah, that, I heard that was bad. I'm not. I actually I saw her for the first time in Nice Guy. She's like the the younger sister of Song Joong Ki in that, um, and she has a love line with Lee Kwang Soo. But I loved her since then. Okay, I did not remember that at all. <laughs> until you started talking about Lee Kwang Soo. Yeah, I yeah I I definitely really liked her since then. Even though that that drama as a whole made me really mad. I don't have any good good memories of it but she's great. There was there was one good um instrumental soundtrack in that that I can remember but that's basically my takeaway from that drama. A revenge melo that didn't really work for me. Yeah. <laughs> it was a waste of its really talented cast in my opinion. Also, did you know that Yubi's mother is like a really famous talented actress but when she was starting out really? she like hid the fact that that was her mother in order to like barely get roles and so it took her a long time to actually become famous 
And then like, it wasn't until after she got roles in some big wow. dramas that she actually did some interviews and her mom was like, yeah, that's my daughter. But she didn't want anyone to know that <laughs> my mom. Oh. Which just makes me like her more. Now. Yeah. yeah. Her sister acts as well, doesn't she? Didn't she do a little... Uh, I remember I watched her in... Uh, was it a drama special with Daniel Choi? Oh, I don't know about that. Uh, I can't remember the name of it right now, but... I, something about 20s. Talented family, clearly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, so my final honourable mention is Beauty Inside, which is a drama I actually enjoyed a lot. It was like... It, it wasn't great and there was quite a few questions left unanswered at the end and um, the reason it fell from grace for me um, is because the, this this one added on to the theme of ableism that some of the worst dramas of the year um, used and it, it just I really like it when they have, or at least one of the reasons I, I enjoyed this drama to begin with was because the hero had a disability. He worked hard to um, hide it from the world, but also to uh, sort of compensate for um, his, uh, uh, what was it that he had? I think. Was it uh, like face blindness? He couldn't. Yeah, face blindness, right? He couldn't recognize faces. He he worked really, really, really hard um, to like make sure that that was never uh, an issue. Like that he was competent. That it, that that his ability to function as um, a, a businessman, as the CEO of a company, is never compromised because of his disease. And they undid all of that by a magic surgery at the end, and that just kill this drama for me especially because Sounds like another this drama. was yeah and um, <laughs> the, the the reason he made the choice to have that surgery is to me though the worst sin of this drama the, it, it was not a good um, it, the reason was um, the heroine's uh, um inability to accept something that had happened and she decided that his disability had like because she felt so guilty about him having the disability she seemed to completely ignore all the effort he had put into living a normal life and his ability to live and love as a normal person despite his um, face blindness it just he complete she completely ignored all the effort he put into that and because of her stubbornness, he decided to take a really dangerous oh. surgery, and I I just can't forgive this drama for that. I it just it it gives us all sorts of messed up um, messages, and I'm just yeah I, I was I was really really disappointed with this drama because aside from that, I really love this pair. It's we, uh, people can complain about Eamon Key not having any expression in this drama throughout. I don't care. I love the subtle smiles and the like nods that 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 was all he did to express his emotions. That was enough for me. That was his character. And um, also, um, this needs to be mentioned. Um, Idahi uh, played his sister here and his um, uh, workplace rival, and I adored their sibling relationship. And. Yeah, with that, that, that is the like. end of my honorable list. <laughs> okay. I was just quickly looking up the uh, EUB's sister. So EUB's sister is called Idain, and she did a drama special called 20 Years Old with uh, Yi Gigwang. So it wasn't oh, okay. I was mixing that up with another one. It's really cute. Watch it. You'll like it. Yeah. Okay. Sounds cool. 
Thanks for that. Yeah. So that those were my honorable mentions, and off to you guys. Okay. Should I go first, or do you want to go, go first, Saya? Okay. So, um, two of mine are. We're going to be talking about them more in depth later. So I'll just say that a poem a day, and or you forgot poetry, like that had two titles, but I really liked that one. Just for yeah, for the UB and for just it was a very warm slice of life show that had really great arcs for all of its characters. I loved the romance. Um, and then my another one of my honorable mentions was 30 but 17, which was just I found some of the I found the way that it dragged out the reveals frustrating, which is why it didn't make it onto my best list. And I also found that the the romance was good, but it like the hero was just a little bit not as memorable for me, but I really loved uh, Shin Hye-san's performance and it was just like Chen and all of it. It was just a really warm healing show. So I loved it for that reason. Um, and my third honorable mention is Familiar Wife, which didn't get a lot of love this year for some reason, but it was a really good time travel drama. Ji-sung was very good in it. Han Ji-min was the best I've ever seen her. Um, I always find her to be bland, but she was really interesting and lively and very charismatic and the ensemble cast was just really good the best friend jisung's best friend who is now playing the ex-husband in boyfriend was like one of my favorite dis- actor discoveries of the year because like he's a little oh, he's a really good actor he is and in familiar wife he's like so cute and funny and his friendship with jisung is like so adorable and like heartwarming so yeah it was good it was a good drama like there's there's a lot of like small character stories in that drama that really and I liked how they developed both of their characters and one last thing is just I liked how the first half of the drama was about him but then the second dra- half was actually about her which is very unusual in one of these types of shows so yeah um yeah so the same as Anisa's I've also got 30 but 17 and kind of similar to what you've said the problem, the thing with 30 Bit 17 is it would have stuck more if a, another drama had not happened, which we will talk about. And of course, everyone already knows which drama that is. So, um, <laughs> so, um, And yeah, if it had not dragged things out, if it had been a little bit sort of less, played less of a game with the viewers, then I think it it would have stuck more and like I would have had more goodwill about that but it was like it was in parts it was really frustrating um but yeah I really liked it all the same so I probably won't rewatch it and I kind of have forgotten a lot about it now that it's not here anymore but when I think about it I, I feel very warm and fuzzy especially when I think of Chan and when I think of Jennifer and no no and like, <laughs> just thinking about it does bring a big smile to my face but like yeah Yang Sejong I, th- I found him a bit weak in this mm. and I know like I, I can see certain faces already kind of aghast like how dare you and like no, I, I agree. Yang Sejong okay because like Temperature of Love was like one of my favorite dramas last year and one of my all-time favorite romances and again nobody else loved this drama except me but um he was amazing in that and so I've come into this drama knowing what he can do and I don't think he quite did it all 
but that may be because like in my head he was competing with somebody else that I don't think he's ready to compete with yet mm. yeah so that yeah, I think I was sorry go ahead no go on no, I was just saying, like, when you brought up things like Jennifer and Chen, like, I think it was a drama that for me was stronger in its moment than in its whole. Right, because exactly. Some of the parts didn't quite live up to the individual parts for me. Mm. And, like, the ensemble and the way that all of the characters were fleshed out and how, um, like, that sense of family that you got from them, that was all, you know, that was all really wonderful. Um, but ultimately, I probably wouldn't rewatch it. Although now I'm thinking of it, I might go and rewatch scenes of Chern being cute because everyone needs Chern in their life. Uh, so that's it for the rom-com stuff. The next is serious, heavy stuff. So I, I'm actually, the thing is, I had one top drama for the whole year. Um, everything else is honorable mentions for me. So even if the other ones that I mentioned in my top, they you can think of them as honorable mentions also because I can't decide where they belong on this list. So this is not in any particular order. Um, and also some of these are better dramas than I am sort of making them look because like in choosing them, it's kind of like, well, how did it, my sort of criteria for choosing was how good was this objectively and then subjectively, how did it make me feel? So the, ne the my other honorable mentions, these are kind of, they do deserve to be in the top three, uh, the, the best, but they're also they don't quite win on the how did they make me feel. No, mm. they do, I don't know, but I, yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> Sketch, um, I would say was definitely one of the best dramas of the year for me. Um, but it was, I probably wouldn't watch it again, I'm not sure. So the interesting thing with when you watch stuff is that perspective is everything. Cause I was reading another review of this show and it turns out that everyone else is watching it one way and I'm watching it in a totally different way. So it's like, you know, this is why I end up loving dramas that everyone else hates because I guess I take the drama at face value rather than trying, rather than wanting it to be something and expecting it to be a certain way. So the way it comes to me is the way that I watch it. So this was rather than being a stories of heroes and justice and rain and, you know, the good stuff this was kind of all of the bad stuff which isn't usually like I don't usually like that but it really worked because it was so humanizing um and it was kind of uh, it was a story of sort of the genesis of an anti-hero uh and it wasn't in fact even one anti-hero it had like at least four maybe we can push that to six but there were a lot of really dark and conflicted people in this who did some you know, sketchy, <laughs> sketchy <laughs> things. <laughs> that was unintentional. <laughs> um, but it was like it, it like the uh, um, sort of the emotional immediacy of it. Like it, the the whole thing starts with the two uh, main players, uh, one of them being Rain and the other being Jang Duncan. Um, each of them loses their uh, uh, significant other slash spouse to uh, to a murderer. Like their uh, partner gets murdered. Isn't it Yidongun? Uh Oh yeah, sorry, wrong name. <laughs> You're quite no, right. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, like thinking of suits at the same time. That bland and offensive drama. Anyway, yeah. So uh, Yidongun, um and Rain. Um, 
So and and then they both go off and sort of they dive the, their trajectories kind of diverge where rain kind of goes towards the hero's path and Idongon goes towards the sort of um, villainous anti-hero thing um, except it turns out that the the paths are not that different after all um, and then you zoom out of the their stories a little bit to see who the puppet master is and then you zoom out more and there's something else and it's really like it's layers on layers it's really well done so it's a very sort of a complex well-built world and all of their motivations are really sort of relatable like you can understand why they're doing what they're doing even though you you know it's it's that whole you know do the ends justify the means um and there's lots of murder and death and mysteries but it's really good i yeah it's really good i don't know why it's not in my top but maybe it should be <laughs> now that i'm talking about it and remembering it um the last one i will put in my honorable mentions is mother um again this is probably better than i'm giving it credit for but it's i guess these are quite early in the year so like the emotions of watching it have faded a little and because it was really it was a difficult watch it was amazing but i wouldn't watch it again um and that was uh, Ibo Young, uh, who kidnaps and goes on the run with uh, a little girl who was uh, being abused by her mother. Um, and then that whole, you know, everything that goes down with that. And it was, oh gosh, it was, it was intense. And it's, what was amazing about this drama was that it was pretty much all about, like it was so centered on all its women. And there wasn't just like one type of woman, there was every type. You had the abusive mother, you had uh, Ibo Young herself, who is like, you know, has layers to her that you uncover as the show goes on. You have the little girl who, the, the girl who's being abused. You have uh, Ibo Young's uh, own um, mother. You have her sisters. You have, like, there was so much going on in this show. Um, and it was, it was like, the way it was shot was really like beautiful. It was very stark. It was, you know, like, you know, um, what is it? Windswept meadows and mm -hmm. you can practically see the breeze coming off the sea and that kind of thing. It was very spare. Um, again, I'm not quite sure why it wouldn't make the top list. I'm not very good at this, am I? <laughs> 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 um, it, it was a good show. You're the right. one who decided to do top three rather than top five. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> I'm sorry. These are all very good shows. There's actually, I mean, there's nothing about it that I would say was bad. Same with Sketch. There's nothing about it that I would say, oh, this is why it didn't make it to the, the top three or whatever. It's probably just because I limited myself to three. Mm. <laughs> it was just that there were three that were better than these for you. Oh, there was one, and everything else is the category below that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So, finally, we are um, at the best of the year. And we have three picks each, and we are going to start with um, our third picks, and then kind of, like, serially go towards our favorite of the year. And uh, should I start? <laughs> yes. Yay! Okay, yay. Uh, so my uh, third best drama of the year is uh, 30 but 17. Um, it's, I know that it's, um, it's, it's not 
perfect. There, there are some flaws, but overall, it just gave me so much joy watching this drama that it's hard for me to really um, like focus on those flaws and be like, well, you know what? I just can't focus on those flaws. <laughs> I know what they are. I realize that for a lot of people, um, the amount of time they took to um, reveal certain secrets, like very obvious ones, uh, was really frustrating. But I was willing to suspend my disbelief and let the PD and uh, writer take their time to develop the major relationships, especially between Shin Hae-sun and uh, Young Sejong's characters. I, I, I thought that they needed that much time for uh, uh, Wu Seori to grow up and for uh, Gong Woo Jin to be attached enough to Wu Seori and to love her enough that his guilt when he finally realized what had happened and then, you know, the whole survivor's guilt thing kicks in again. It just, I don't think they would have uh, gotten through it as smoothly as they did if he had found out her identity before or if she had realized that her friend had been killed, um, you know, a long back. It's just that that was a lot of emotional baggage that they could deal with because the relationship was, had time to grow strong. So, yeah. Can I add um, something there? Yeah, sure. <laughs> So I do have to say, I mean, I'm I'm one of the naysayers about the flaws uh, of this show. It's like it, those flaws did bother me enough that it didn't make it into my my top list. But one of the things that this show really did do, um, one of the reveals that it did really fantastically that we could not have guessed at before was you remember towards the end there was this point in one of the um, later episodes where one of the very late episodes where um, Sori goes to um, Ujin, what if everything you know what what if uh, what you know isn't everything uh, and then yeah. like it suddenly becomes like this whole new perspective of uh, like uh, a story that of we the childhood relationship even, right that we hadn't yeah. even had had a hint of beforehand that yeah. actually it wasn't just that he had liked her and that he had been interested in her and had been you know noticing her watching her he yeah. also had been noticing him i didn't want to say watching because that sounds creepy and it wasn't creepy. <laughs> no, but, like, <laughs> okay. but like she had registered him and she had noticed him for reasons of her own yeah, and yeah. she knew who he was and that that moment where she realizes he's that guy it was like yeah. that was such uh that was probably its best reveal but it had Yes, but like the way that they didn't do the bait thing they did, like they didn't bait us with that. It just, it exposed it in this really beautiful, natural way. That was a really wonderfully done part. I have to agree with you on that. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It completely sealed the deal of where the relationship was concerned. It was just like cherry on the top. It was not necessary, but it just made everything perfect. And that so. whole thing about like, you know, how um you were saying, um, that she, her choices were so important in in building right. this relationship between them, um, yeah. and in the end, that even even the fact that she chose not to leave in the end, and how different this is to what didn't work in Secretary Kim, which is that um, in that Secretary Kim couldn't leave, right? Yeah. But it didn't work, and in this, she didn't leave, and it did work, like for totally yeah. different because it was yeah. uh, it's all about like her it Right, deciding that she wanted to do things on her own timeline and not because she felt like she missed out on something or that it's too late for something. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. 
Yes, really well done. Yes. And it, it really resonated with us, didn't it? Like for different reasons, it, many of us, we have, um, like we've been told over and over that age restricts what we can do. And like we're always fighting against time to reach our career goals. And I really like that towards the end, like what we, what we saw through Vusyori um, was that it, it's okay to take your time to reach your goals. That you don't have to do it according to somebody else's timeline, and, yeah. and like it doesn't matter if society says that you're it, it's too late. Hurry up and do these things. You should take your own time. So the intermission is part of the show. Yeah, I yeah, really yeah exactly. That, that, that was wonderful. That's oh, a lovely. <laughs> the two other reasons I love this drama. One is of course Yuchan. The other one is uh, Doku, um, which is Fang. I love the way this drama treated that dog. I'm so used to seeing K dramas where dogs tied outside their door and that is how apparently they treat their pets. I would rather believe that is not the reality on the ground. And I just love that this dog was not just well loved, but that he was an actual character um, who was an integral part of uh, a major plot line. So I, I really appreciated that about this drama. Okay, and for anyone next. who doesn't know, that was two dogs in real life. Two oh, yeah, very, yeah, two dogs. very adorable dogs. <laughs> I feel like we didn't give enough of a an ovation slash love letter for Chen. <laughs> we all love Chen to bits. Yes, oh, we as are. we have noted many times on this podcast <laughs> and on Twitter. Chen. And everywhere. Yes, oh, there's never enough Chen. I want him to be my nephew too. Exactly, we want to adopt him. <sighs> my number two was live which um, it's a police, it's about a bunch of police officers. Um, it's kind of a slice of life. It's by Nohi Kyung, which, who also wrote like, um, Dear My Friends, It's Okay, It's Love. A lot of really highly regarded dramas have really good scripts. Um, it stars Lee Kwang Soo, Jung Yumi, and they're basically like these rookie cops who end up being police officers, even though like, basically because they couldn't get jobs anywhere else. Um, I initially was thinking it was going to be a little too all about how it's really hard for police officers and we should feel sorry for them. And I wasn't really in the mood for that in 2018, but I, <laughs> yeah, but I was, you know, I was like convalescing. I watched it a couple of weeks ago actually, and it was on Netflix um, and I just binged it and I really, really loved it. It was so uh, moving and it was very realistic about the kind of things that you have to deal with in terms of um, you know, just the difficulty of being in a job that serves the public, but it also is very honest about things like police brutality and corruption. It doesn't let them off the hook. And um, I think the most moving thing for me was the relationship between two veteran cops that were kind of like some base to the main characters who were played by Bae Jang-uk and and they were like a married couple who's kind of been estranged for a long time and they start out kind of divorcing and their whole relationship and the, their relationship to like their parents who are elderly and or have passed away and it's just really really heartwarming to see that character like the husband I think he was the best um, performance in the entire show and he really his relationship with Lee Kwang Soo as well who is his Hubei um, it just really I just really loved the whole team dynamic and the ensemble was there was a lot of little stories that were very impactful I think it's one of the best slice of life dramas that I've seen 
So I highly recommend that. And I kind of loved, like we were talking about Nice Guy and uh, Yubi and Lee Kwang Soo, and both of them had like really good dramas this year when they were just like small little supporting characters back then. So pretty much every drama is better with Lee Kwang Soo in it. <laughs> I agree. And I've been waiting for him to get a dramatic lead role for such a long time. And, but, and, he and like, you know that Nami Kyung loves him. So it's like yeah. he comes up in her dramas. Uh, He's with become one of her, one of hers. Yeah. yeah that's really nice. Stable. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That was live. Highly recommend. Yeah. Saya. Saya next. Okay. So my number three is Lawless Lawyer, also called Lawless Attorney, some places. Ijungi, Soyeji, and lots of other fun. What is it called? Gangster peoples. Um, <laughs> the villains in this were played by Iheyang, uh, Iheyang, and Cheminsu. So, what's great about this drama is that basically it's really, really fun. And yeah, I have a very soft spot for Ijungi. Um, and the last thing I saw him in was the egregious and abominable Criminal Minds, <laughs> for which, yes, he deserves to be punished. But better than the punishment, I suppose, is making up for it with a really good back on form drama um and like you know everything that he's good at which is being cheeky which is being um actiony and something of a snake charmer and it's like it's it's flamboyant it's stylish and i really enjoyed it and like it's this, this i know that some people kind of laugh at how overboard it went but it was really like it worked for the show with like it always had this sort of you know backlight and Ijungi practically had a halo half the time and <laughs> it was so great it was like some people as in Baroma <laughs> <laughs> I remember that <laughs> so yeah like, you know, no I, I do think the smoke machine was like going a bit too far but, you know, <laughs> no you need atmosphere man uh, yeah. but the best thing about this drama um was um, the way that the uh, lead pair you had, um, Soyeji, was an absolute equal to Ijungi. She was not like she was not a damsel. She was not a damsel. She was not relegated to like you know second string. She wasn't um, constantly trying to be good enough or catching up. She was like his absolute equal, and he respected her. And it's so unusual. Um, it's, I mean, it's it's strange to say that it's so unusual still to see that kind of respect between, you know, a lead pair, but it, it is surprisingly enough. And like, for me, that's one of those things that it always resonates when you see that level of respect between people, because it's not like love is easy. Everyone can do love. Love's not hard. But to genuinely have like that kind of respect for mm. each other, you know, in your skills, in your badassery, in in knowing that you need that person for your plans to work, as in they are necessary to you because they are serving a because they like they are functional. They're not like spare pieces. Mm. So equal They're, partnership, right? I really like that, and I just I really like Soyeji as well, and I love her voice and her hair, and she's so pretty and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not girl crushing here. Um, but yeah, I I just really like that. It was fun. I think the thing that stands out to me the most is just how um, in, like full of warmth and emotion that it was. And it had some pretty dark and pretty cool villains, actually, because you know how good Iheung is. Um, and she also had, uh, she was uh, the 
one of the mothers in Mother earlier in the year. And just a total kind of reversal in the type of character that she's got here. And Chemin-Soo, who is always, like, you know, blasting it out of the park, he's just phenomenal and terrible and somehow still sympathetic. It was a good cast. And it was, you know, it was well written. It was, the acting was great. The feels were all there. It was fun. I liked it. (laughs) I have to watch that. Yeah, but just don't take it too seriously. Otherwise, you won't enjoy it. Yeah, like right out of the park. Like the reason our heroine uh, sort of like storms out of her job and the way she does it. If you take this drama seriously and um, expect it to live up to actual letter of the law, then then you're going to fall apart really quickly. It's a very different experience from life, is what you're saying. (laughs) It's absolutely different. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. Parva, you want to talk about your number two drama? Yes, I want to talk about my number two, which is 100 Million Stars from the Sky or uh, The Smile Has Left Your Eyes. I, I don't know if there is anybody listening to us who doesn't know how much I adore uh, Seon Gok. I adore Do Seon Gok. <laughs> Doubtful. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love him in everything he's ever done. But this one, he he does morally complex characters well, but just Kim Mu-young's character is layered with so much. Um, it's difficult to explain, but he is at once um, vulnerable and very very dangerous. And um, somehow Seo plays this character without ever making you pity him or hate him. It just, he's intensely attractive in the way he plays this character. And Jang So-min is um, equally amazing. Um, as she, She's a woman who seems um, very straightforward, but... She, her character turns out to be someone with so much, such power of conviction. Look, this drama is really hard to explain, but you guys know how much I do not like sad, depressing stories. I, I don't, I do not like watching um, dramas where there is this hint of tragedy all over the story. And now this drama... It sounds like um, it's a full-on tragedy, um, man. <laughs> so no, it's not a full-on tragedy. But like, if you think from the very first um, scene, pretty much, it has this this um, ethos of the, this this slightly gray tinge to the entire scene, or, or or like a very DC green tinge, which tells you that this is a sort of a, a oh, slightly no. melodramatic. Don't associate <laughs> with DC. That's terrible. No, no, don't. No, but one of one of the reasons that I, I won't go into the whole DC uh, Marvel thing, but um. The use of green usually tells you that this is supposed to be a more realistic, you know, like there is going right. to be sadness explored here somewhere. It's it's a cinematic cue. And oh, they use that here. So you start off um, kind of wondering, when is this thing going to get sad? But instead of exploring sadness, which there is plenty of sadness in some of the backstories here, instead of doing that, the drama instead focuses on morality or rather the the sort of a moral character the Seoen Gook's um uh, uh, Kim Mo-young is and the 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 drama is all about um, the these these ridiculous things that he's doing that is 
criminal, but what we are focusing on is his intent. Why is he doing it? Mm-hmm. There is this entire mystery wrapped in another mystery and it's all about figuring that out because Kim Young is not going to tell you why he's doing these things. So Jang So Min's character and her um, uh, Park, Sung, uh, Park Sung Wung, the one playing her older brother, they have to figure it out from their very um, sort of diametrically opposite um, positions. Like one person wants to save Seon Gook, the other person thinks that he's like this horrible Machiavellian person who should be in jail. So, yeah, okay. I, I mean, I only watched, I haven't, I mean, I watched the Japanese version, but I only watched like six episodes of the Korean one. But I think what you're getting at is like the tone of the drama is very much, it's not about making you cry, it's about keeping you off balance and keeping you in suspense. And so it's like that tense kind of feeling. It doesn't really yeah. allow you to get bogged down and like, oh my God, this is so sad. Oh my God. You know, like you're just kind of like on tenter hooks the whole time, just waiting to see what's going to happen next, which is really cool. Exactly. And I don't think any any actors could have done it, um, played these characters better than than this particular cast. It was, it was brilliantly cast, really Agreed. tightly written and just... Everything hit my heart so hard. Oh, so, yeah. I can't wait to finish. That doesn't make me less scared to watch it. <laughs> you watched Mother. Exactly. <laughs> you cannot be scared of watching <laughs> Yeah, but I was scared watching that too. It's only because I was already into it that I couldn't uh-huh. believe it. But you said you don't regret it, so you won't no, regret it. But I also don't think I could watch it again. It was very harrowing. Yeah, just yeah. watch it once. that's all you need to do (laughs) so um my number two is actually going to be somebody else's number one you can't give things away like that anisa i'm not saying yeah but you come on man it's gonna be a huge surprise yes (laughs) number one was actually i'm not a robot but that was my number two and uh, we'll just save our our discussion of that until we get to that one Mm-hmm. So, Saya, go ahead with your number two. So, my number two is a poem a day, aka who forgot poetry, um, which we have somewhat talked about. But um, yeah, this show is such a um, like I said in my um, Twitter review, it's like it's a hug given human form. It's just everything about it is so warm and embracing and and wonderful, and it's exactly. Like it's it's what you guys have already said. It's EUB. It just owns this show, and you know, let there be no dispute about the fact that this was her show. There's no second string. There's no second lead. There's nothing here except she is the the single, um, the axis upon like which this show turns. She's amazing. Um, is this this is is this her first like lead lead actually? I think well. She's technically the lead and scholar who walks the night. Yeah, that's more about the guys and that, right? And yeah, we've yeah, also exactly. agreed to erase that from the record. Exactly. So. <laughs> yeah, that does not exist. Yeah, I mean, this is, it's like it's, because we've been watching her for really quite some time. And I think anyone who's watched her going back, however far, has been waiting for her to get her lead. Mm-hmm. And like, it's the perfect show for her. And uh, Joe, I have other things to say. Oh, right. So, like, the best thing that this show did is that it really it centered her as um, the linchpin of the show, and her choices were what drove the show. And I know that, like, you know, 
we all know about how the fandom went with the whole who to ship and how to ship them and like you know when you're watching it from the beginning and you're like I remember that whole not knowing who to ship because I was like I wanted to ship uh, you know the year line but I wasn't sure if he was the real lead or not so it was like at one point you're just like I don't know what to do but and and the other oh, thing by, the, by is, the laws of drama land he shouldn't be the lead right exactly because but I was so right or die from the beginning I just didn't care oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I'm like I like to you know save myself pain so I don't ship second leads if I can help it because like there's no point you're just no, I'm the same. setting yourself up for no reason don't do it Adrian Yak is special though he's <laughs> a special place in my heart. He is special, but when when our heroine uh, Bo Young had been introduced to us, she like with all the cues that dra- the drama had been giving us, we were made to understand that she's so immature that her having a crush on an older man could only be a crush that would peter off, and then she would go for the younger guy, like her own age, because she is immature. She cries like just at random moments. Because, she because the laws deal of drama with hardship. Mm. And yeah. also laws of drama, and yeah. but then and oh, first love, as the exactly first love, but as the relationship develops, you realize that we had not been given enough information about this girl. You realize that she is stronger than you, we had initially thought. That the her expressing her feelings does not mean that she's weak or unable to deal with those feelings, and yeah. like, she's more also mature than we had expected. Uh, and like the the past her that you meet is kind of it's it's still like an authentic version of her but in the mean in the interim between like you know that time and now she's grown and and we are able to see her growth as that character as well like we are able to see Hmm. that that growth has occurred in the past but she continues to grow going forward and this is like it's uh, one of the things that a lot of like I think nearly all of the characters in this show showed a kind of a meaningful growth in that way. Yeah, I and, think that was the strongest part of the writing. Yeah, and also I just have a big, huge, soft spot for the whole um, flash mob thing, which I think that was the moment it cracked my heart open. <laughs> I was like, it really worked for me because, of course, like uh, I don't know if all of our listeners are aware that the reason that this show came to exist. Uh, is uh, in the aftermath of the suicide of the uh, PD of Drinking Solo, who was, you know, a member of this team, the same team. Um, And this was a way, making this show is a way for them to process their own grief. Um, So, like, you could really feel that it really, that feeling transmitted across, uh, like, you know, from them to us. And I think that the purpose of the show was to transmit that feeling, and I think it worked. So we're at our number one. Sparma, what was your number one drama of 2018? Uh, <laughs> I am not. Um, my number one drama of 2018 is probably lower on pretty much everybody else's list. And I kind of feel like I, I should have had something else up here. Because, you don't need to apologize for your favorites. No, I, I do I, I do want to, though, because this is one of those dramas that kind of proves how I am not objective about the stuff I watch. It's, it's not a good drama uh, by a lot of standards, but um, I love the writing. The cast was fresh, but they did a good job. And the stories that were told were new. 
which really really caught my attention and uh, the drama is uh, my id is gangnam beauty it's um it's a youth drama and i expected it to be very fluffy and sort of um i don't know skin deep <laughs> cause you know <laughs> because you see his voice am i right sorry yeah, pretty much lame <laughs> i know <laughs> but i was surprised by how many different perspectives uh, the writer managed to cram into this drama like it wasn't just a matter of hey look beyond the face and love the character not the uh, i don't know i've just yeah you know it's it's more than just about digging under the surface this it's more like accepting everybody's choice mm-hmm. or um, right to look the way they want to if they want to um change their face it's that's their right if they want to be accepted for who they are and they want you to look beyond their face and that's their right you have to accept people's choices so it comes down to um two things that this drama does really well the first is that it gives us actually the first thing that this drama does really well is give us a college environment that feels like a college environment it's it's not um one of those dramas where you have this entire story taking place on a campus and you never see anybody in class so <laughs> this is not one of those dramas um you have um senior students interacting with junior students and uh small but poignant uh, arcs taking place within those interactions there are entire relationships and backstories that are explained to you within few scenes and it never feels like they're stuffing the story with more story but there it 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 almost feels like an ensemble cast drama instead of a drama that focuses just on um uh im so young and um, cha yun woo's uh, characters those are supposedly the main leads and they are but the drama doesn't just sit on their shoulders they have um a pretty talented um supporting cast i think most of the cast is more experienced um the the most of the cast is filled with more experienced actors than the main leads uh, you can actually tell like uh, the our main leads the ones who are playing uh, kang mire and uh, do kyung sok these are um the the beautiful uh, you know like faces of the drama but the drama just um like they have a very sweet love story but that is not all that my name is gangnam beauty is about it's about them growing by interacting with the people around them sometimes it's about the main couple interacting with each other and learning from each other and sometimes it's about the main couple realizing that they are not the center of the story there is literally a moment towards the end of this drama where these two are very scared about a reveal happening then they walk into some place and they expect people to notice them and notice this thing that they were they were hiding till then and nobody does and then they kind of look at each other and then like i guess it isn't <laughs> like we aren't the center of everybody's world that's great and i love that i loved so many small moments in this drama that were about um character growth and unless you actually watch this drama and experience experience that growth with them it's really hard to explain why 
I have already watched this three times. Wow. <laughs> that, that's, that's some testament, actually. So, yeah. This, nice. this one is my favorite. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, my number one drama of 2018 was Just Between Lovers. And I kind of want to call back to something that you were saying, Parma, about 100 million stars from the sky and how even though it's a very melodramatic setup in terms of plot and premise, it doesn't feel melodramatic. Even though, like, Just Between Lovers is, on paper, it's a melodrama. But it's so delicate with its characters' feelings. Um, it's so well-written. It's so realistic. It's very real, and it, there are a lot of moments that feel uncomfortable, but the basic premise being, oh, these two kids were in this terrible, you know, um, shopping mall collapse, which is something that actually happened. Um, and the drama starts out with like images from that actual site, like that tragedy, but it's, but, and then they meet once again as adults, but it doesn't milk that for dramatic and like over the top sort of histrionics. Instead it says, okay, like, so all these people who dealt with this really traumatic thing in the past, how would they be living now? Like, what would they be, how would they have processed that or not processed that? Would they have been able to move on? These families that have lost family members, how would they be living like 10, 15 years later? And it does a really realistic job. And like the way that they portrayed PTSD, especially in um, the main character, his who's played by Jin Ho, it was so real and so well done. And I was just really blown away by that. Um, and just everything, like everything about the relationships, the way that it depicts um, the realities of how sad and disappointing and difficult life can be while also being really uplifting in terms of how people just like find each other and love each other and get each other through and find hope and how they can heal and move on. But it was never like moralistic or overly simplistic. It was just really, really well done. And I also want to give a shout out to like the cast Wanjana and Juno were amazing. And then like there was this grandma character played by Namuni, who was so good. She made me cry so much. It was a wonderful romance. The leads were very respectful of each other again, which just seems to be another theme of the dramas that we love this year. Yeah. They really saw each other as like, oh, this is another human who went through something really horrible. Um, but they never hated each other. They always kind of were there to support each other. They had this like unspoken rapport that was just really incredible to watch. So all those reasons. And they gave each other the best hugs. Their hugs were so <laughs> good. So yeah, favorite drama of the year for me. I'm looking forward to this one as well. This is from, uh, it was from one of the writers of Secret, right? Uh, yeah, I think it's the same writer. I'm not one sure. The, the better writer. There were two writers. Oh, okay. I didn't realize there were two, but yeah. It's the <laughs> when it, one of them went on to write uh, Time this year, so the other writer... Did I see. Year. Okay. So the good one out of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks like it. Yeah, but no, generally, like, I, even though I really loved I'm Not a Robot, but for me, this one had so much more emotional impact that I couldn't... I had to pick this one as my number one. So Which on that us. note, <laughs> yes. I really well, wonder. The, the huge chose. surprise here is, <laughs> um, <laughs> do I even need to say the name? Uh, yeah, I'm Not a Robot was my favorite drama this year. 
and I mean, to be honest, it didn't have a lot of competition. That which does not take away from how good a drama I found this. Um, though I do wonder, like, if I had watched Just Between Lovers and if I had watched Majishi, would my list be different? But I'm quite glad that I don't have to make that choice now because I'm happy for this drama to be my number one. Um, but that said, I <laughs> right now I can't think of like all of the reasons why, except that I know that I loved every single part of it, and I've probably talked it to death at this point, which is why I can't think of anything else to add. Well, I'll help but you if, out, since it was yes, also my please. number two. <laughs> I think, for me, what I loved the most about it was the main character, like, <clears throat> the uh, Gia character, and how smart and you know independent she was and how she kind of I don't know, just the performance from Chasubin like she plays three characters basically like he knows her in three different forms and she's like amazing in all of them and then she also plays the robot itself which you can always tell who exactly she's playing and all of them are done so perfectly and the this the whole um it's like what you were saying Borma about like the themes in terms of how it treats her character and how it talks about like, um, uh, I've lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. You were talking about how it's, it's like the, the female um, the whole, character, how yeah. she's an entrepreneur. Yeah. She's very different from, from an, any other heroine that we've gotten. And it's like, what's really exciting about having different characters is that you can take them to different places and like that makes, I mean, this was the first of the robot dramas. We haven't really had anything else that I can recall before this. Um, and there were more this year and I actually didn't watch any of them except this one. Um, but like, it was a show, for example, for me, 30 Bits 17 suffered from being in I'm Not a Robot's Shadow um, because it like it did a lot of the same things but in a much more heightened way like all of the emotions were so heightened um the stakes felt much more um sort of live or die and like using her is like i think he's amazing as an actor and i know that you guys don't 100 percent agree it's fine um, i do now but- <laughs> i do now i have to say that <laughs> and, and because also um, bearing in mind that all of the things that he's done before this have been sort of heavy on the drama, he's much more of a melodramatic actor than he is, um, like full-on rom-com type of thing. And to see him do this sort of light-hearted character—not light-hearted, but like a character that is just like dumb <laughs> in so many ways—is I think part of it is like it sort of it um, it thingies. What is it? It tugs your heartstrings as a like in a sort of a little brother capacity you're like oh my babies um so yeah I find him very affecting very emotionally affecting as an actor like he brings the emotions home in a way that um not a lot of people his age can or do and because he was combining this sort of essentially tragic character with also a very bumbling socially um not even awkward but socially incapable you know this is the guy like who an arrested calls, development kind of thing, yes where he just never got beyond a certain point 
Right, and like you, know, you can think of certain scenes, like you know when he's like in, invited his researchers to dinner, and he calls them researcher one, researcher two, and researcher three, and like <laughs> he does this all so well, and then like he breaks open, like completely vulnerable. It's like he does everything in this one role. He shows every side of uh, like his capacity to act, more or less. I think I, don't I think know. also the writing was just so strong and yes, it deals so with so many different themes mm-hmm. without making it feel like oh my gosh this drama is trying to do too much like you're right. dealing with the artificial intelligence and whether that can be a replacement for a human being you're dealing with um like what do you do chronic when, illness that, chronic illness yeah and then yeah. like finding out that the person that you love has been lying to you this whole time then there's also this whole thing about how these geniuses who are building the robot are always or like you know EQ. yeah and then but she <laughs> yeah. actually and then they realize that like like she has always had this complex that like she's not that smart but they're like no actually you have a lot to offer and it's not only about like being a genius on like you're everything that they're missing yeah so it's it's, it's that part as well it's just deals with so many interesting and their chemistry was so good as well like if they yeah. didn't have that chemistry and uh, remember that you singer wasn't originally he wasn't the first choice for this character. Imagine if that had been uh, the other actor who was meant to do, I think, uh, Dong Ha. Um, so, I mean, like, I think Dong Ha would have been amazing too. He's he wouldn't so have been the same. I, I don't think it would Everyone have been the same. Everyone is the other all. actor in comparison to <laughs> Sing Ho in your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> you, have, you can't deny that. <laughs> but no, he was really good in it. He, he did a really good job. Yeah, I, I can't agree. I'm sorry about uh doing the same job. She's I don't like, think he would have done the same job. I think he would have been really good though. He would have been different. I don't know if I'd have loved him as much. You wouldn't have <laughs> <laughs> because you lost you some hope to distract him. <laughs> but I also just really, really loved Dung Ha. Like, if you had watched Chief Kim, I don't know if you watched that. Oh, maybe that's what, yeah, I guess. I he watched is, him being murderous. Yeah, he's so funny. He is so funny and awkward and weird in that. It's the best. Oh, okay. And he has this, like, I, I weird guess... little vulnerable underbelly that just, like, comes, it's just the best. You need to watch Chief Kim, is my conclusion. Oh, I, I, I don't want to change my mind about this. <laughs> I I don't I I don't I don't want to um like uh, undercut the sort of like I don't know song of triumph here, but I remembered one of the reasons why you didn't make. Okay, let her talk. (laughs) I was joking. She's meant to carry on talking. (laughs) No, I'm sorry. I I don't want to do this, but it just I remembered why this one didn't uh, make it into my top three, and it didn't have um. It's it's not just about the actors. It, it's uh, one part of the story that I found was really weak. It was throughout the um, uh, well throughout the drama, you had this group of people who were secretly monitoring our hero, right? And um, here's the thing: there was an immense breach of privacy done. It wasn't just the breach of trust that they focused on which he, our hero focused on and they apologized for and then everything was hunky-dory. There was a horrible breach of privacy and it was never sufficiently addressed. And mm. to me, that was a really big flaw in the story because I could not forgive. Like he forgave these guys. I could not forgive what they had done. 
and these are supposed to be ethical like yes i mean i know i know they're outcasts but they're also supposed to be the ethical characters in this drama right but i just i i have really really harsh feelings towards that group of scientists i get what you're saying but i feel like um this is a, a particular point where i'm like i cannot hold k-dramas to the standard of like any kind of standard when it comes to privacy i don't know if this is like a korean thing or an asian thing but for example in my country um not england in uh Bangladesh, they have no sense of privacy, like none. So like the entire concept of like privacy is such a, like a, a non-concept to them that like when it comes to K-dramas, I find that they have the same kind of like non-concept of it. So as much as I agree with the fact that that was a really terrible thing and it bothered me like the entire time, it's also one of those things that I file away under I don't think they understand what's wrong here and they never did address it actually they sort of semi started to but they didn't quite in the end but yes yeah, sometimes you just have to be like okay I saw that but I didn't see it um, and then I don't, and think, then go I don't think I can excuse them that easily because this is the same country that's going through in the last five years it's going through the whole Bulgum camera um, scandal thing yeah. they know what yeah. it is like to have their privacy invaded not just in a whole, you know, bathroom sexual context, but also just in, in a day-to-day life. I'm, I, I Women really don't know think... what it's like. The men are still not getting the, one... the problem. Do you, like, you get the difference here? Yeah, but yes, like, the men don't see the problem. So many yeah, of these writers are women. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I mean... I, I just... I, mean, I, can't I, I get, I, I get your love for this drama. I do. But th- this is this is what stood out to me in this drama. So like the no, I, agree. I mean, I actually I think I brought it up several times when I was writing about it as well. And it's like I do agree. Yeah. It's not that I don't agree. It's just that there's only so much they're going to address. And uh, I don't know. In the end, this wasn't such a. It didn't stand it wasn't, out it, as it, much it, as it did. This wasn't. This I wasn't hold a big deal it. for the characters. This wasn't a big deal for Yu Sung Ho's character. This wasn't. This wasn't why he was hurt. Right, I know. So, as in, they, the it wasn't an in-world issue. It wasn't sort of a exactly. world so, issue. So, so it was fine. So, so long as you're going, yeah. going with the flow of what, what like the I drama is. Absolutely agree. I mean, that is that's not even. If any of this was real life, you wouldn't like any of it. Frankly, <laughs> it would all be terrible and oh, unforgivable. Okay. I think that's also. <laughs> sorry, Brahm, are you finished with your point? Yeah, I'm finished. I think the other reason that this didn't quite make it onto number one for me is because I think, Saya, you mentioned this in our deep dive, but like there was always this element of it's a fairy tale come to life kind of like there was that fairy tale element of like, he's the boy in the castle and, you know, and she comes in and saves him and stuff. And like they, those fairy tale elements were really cool and interesting. And, but I think to me, it just never kind of crossed completely over to that threshold of reality. Whereas I felt that Just Between Lovers was so much more immediate and like real. And I mean, I don't need to have reality in all of my, obviously I watch K-dramas, like they're all fantasies, but I guess I just (laughs) think that it it, it felt just a little bit too unreal for me to fully immerse myself into that world. And I do think that part of it is also like Yusungo's acting, sorry. (laughs) 
Well, I was going to say before uh, Burma um, mentioned about uh, what she didn't like was that the other thing that I really, that really did work for me was that fairy tale sort of tone. Um, but yeah, I think yeah. I took this to death. No, now, thematically, but... <laughs> this drama. This drama and also, was you guys, you have this habit of like <laughs> ganging up on me about. We're meant to be talking about stuff that we like, and we just brought the whole tone really down there. <laughs> oh, sorry. But look, <sighs> I, 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 I will. But like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, that's I, my number that one, but you guys haven't watched it, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And again, you guys haven't watched my number one either, so whose fault right. is that? Exactly. Yeah. Yours. <laughs> what? <laughs> there should be more hours in the day. <laughs> That is true. But the thing that I did love about um, I'm Not a Robot is, like, I I, I really like Chee Subin in it. I've said this before. But um, do you guys remember, like, when there was a part early on in the drama where she was playing the robot and Yusung-ho, she was interacting with Yusung-ho's character and uh, her ex-boyfriend, the genius scientist, saw this interaction and kind of, like, he got really possessive about her even though they have no relationship whatsoever. And it infuriated me that he saw her as a possession. Like his creation of the robot at all was really, in her image was really infuriating, all of that stuff. And I didn't think the drama would address it. But then the drama does through Chesobin's character. I love how she, she points out that he has no right to intercede, to act like he um, is trying to protect her from uh, Yusung Ho's character. It's just, it's an art well, that I was not expecting. She, she told him that he had no right to make decisions about her body. And it was exactly. like, it was, and, and that's what her character does a lot. It's like yeah. everyone's agency is preserved and taken back. Like, even like following whatever bad things that happen to them, they get to reclaim their agency and their agency is given the due importance that it ought to have. So, yeah. It's actually quite a feminist drama for someone, for a drama about a girl pretending to be a robot. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it yeah. addressed those things really it well. It did. It did. Yeah. Surprisingly like, well. Like while you're watching it in the beginning, you, you're like, you're not sure if this is intentional or not, but then as it goes on, you're like, actually every part of this was intentional and it was really well done. Okay. So our next category is dramas that should be burned <laughs> yeah our worst <laughs> three of the year uh, i i we, we have expended so much energy talking about these dramas already I yeah don't. yeah so let's do our individual ones that only we have on our lists and then go on to the joint ones okay okay so mine that was on my uh disappointing or worst dramas that wasn't on yours is handsome guy and Jugum, and it was i was excited for it because it was the reunion of nam gong min and hong Jungum who were like so good together in can you hear my heart but in that it was like a kind of a unrequited love unfortunate star-crossed kind of oppa dong sang relationship and they were so good both of them in that and i and they had chemistry so i wanted to see them together but it's just like a really mediocre drama with a stupid plot and it was just very, it's just a waste of both of them because they're both so talented and this drama was so nothing. It was just nothing. It wasn't even like offensively bad. It was just offensive in that it was a waste of all of the cast talents. So that's really pretty offensive. 
Yeah, not, not offensive in the way that some of the other ones that we're going to talk about were offensive. So. Oh, that's true. They weren't morally <laughs> offensive. They were just <laughs> offensive to my high expectations. <laughs> um, so, okay. So the one that I've got that um, we don't have in common is Radio Romance, which... <laughs> so as a footnote, as a footnote to the I'm not a robot discussion, um, the whole... You know, they had some really amazing dialogues and the conversations and the relationship, like the personal relationship between uh, Yusungo and Chisabin's characters. So, yeah. like, I have to say that's 90% of what has me in love with that show is the, you know, the dialogues and the conversations and the way the character, the relationships grew. So that was, you know, January concluded with that show. Along comes February and along comes Radio Romance with, oh my god, a romance straight out from like, you know, pre-2012 sort of secret garden era of, you know, your cold, abusive, uh, yeah, uh, abusive-ish hero who does cruel things for lols, and you're like, why are you doing this? Yeah. And then, like, there were all of the problems of, you know, the whole Kim, uh, Kim, Se uh, Kim Se-yeon being cast with, you know, that 10-year age gap, and um, all of that is what it is, but like the show itself did not, like it was not written in a way to make you root for anything. Mm. And the the age gap made all of its flaws worse because you have this very young woman being, you know, stepped on and used and hurt and like tugged around between two much older men and you're like no <laughs> I don't like this kind of dynamic and yeah I, we've just gotten you know we've gotten such good heroes lately we don't need heroes like this anymore they just we need to never have them again yeah and also there's the whole Am I going to do radio or not? That, okay, that was its least offensive aspect, but the whole, everything about the romance was, I didn't like it at all. And the triangle, the love triangle, just everything about it was horrible. This drama needs to time travel back to 2010. Back to where it came from. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> With Kim Seon even more underage. <laughs> oh, that's not, yeah. <laughs> So Fox Bride Star, we talked about this. Was it the last yak or the one before yes. that? Yeah, last, last yak. Yeah, December one. We talked still about fresh it. in our minds. <laughs> hmm? Yes, it's still fresh in our minds. We have gone into details about why this was such. Uh, I don't want to use bad words in our podcast, but. I have bad <laughs> yeah, I mean, so retconned the female character. It completely changed her in, within like the first couple of weeks, and then like they took a, a story about a disabled guy and just turned it into this like really ableist, depressing, horrible story about why you don't deserve love if you're not a perfect human specimen that was like got all of your so-called normal faculties. It was just really disappointing. Also, why death is better than being disabled. That was a... Yeah. Was yeah. A, but, I mean, this is on um, your... The two of you... Two of yours? Two of yous? I don't know how you say this. How do you say this? <laughs> Both, Both of ours. <laughs> Both, Both of ours. Your, um, burn list. But I, I haven't put it on mine. I 
I agree with all of the criticism and I went back and listened to what you guys um, said about it after I finished watching it but I feel like I was prepared for it to go that way so it didn't like offend mm. me as much like I knew it was gonna go down so okay okay well at least you know security couple got together <laughs> that was it <laughs> so my feelings about it are not as sort of on fire in the way that like mm. I guess I didn't feel betrayed by the drama I think it's worse when you feel betrayed as yeah we, I think knowing something is coming definitely helps yeah but yeah I just uh, but yeah it was, couple was the only saving grace <laughs> But in, in terms of just the writing, it it was so bad. It's, it's not very just that inconsistent. They, very inconsistent. Yeah, they like it kept starting things and not bed. finishing them. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, I keep interrupting you, Carrie. And no, no, you're absolutely <laughs> right. That's exactly what they did. They kept starting threads, and then you expect this to go somewhere, and then it just never does. There is that entire thread with Chisubin's father, and aside from him saving. Um, Ijehun's character when he was younger, that is like the entirety of his role pretty much. And he introduced him to the scientist. But Is he even is, alive? That's something I can figure out. Was he not, alive I or dead? Th- <laughs> I, I think he's dead. His character was built up as someone who did something. I don't know. It's, it just, there was such a fable around her father. Like Chesubin could not meet her father for some reason. She want she asked Ijehon's character um, about stories of her father, and then they never talk about her father. Like it just, it's the weirdest thing. You find out that this guy you have a crush on that you've just started dating knew your father, whom you have not met in years, and you're like, tell me stories about my dad, and he's like, I'll tell you later. And they never talk about <laughs> yeah, it again. There are so many things like that. I felt like at its heart the drama had something of an identity crisis like it didn't know what story it was telling yeah like like and it couldn't pick it kept going sort of halfway with each sort of thing and then then sort of backing out and going down another route and you're like can you figure out what you want to be <laughs> like is yeah. this yeah. um an airport drama is this a workplace drama is this a you know a romance uh, is this a, like like a superpowered Ijehun drama, like, what is this? And it's <laughs> it out. the leads, we were so excited to see them together. Uh, yeah. Um, but it just went in. I've just learned not to watch anything by this writer in the future, personally. I wonder, yeah, we like, have been burned badly. Post-Signal, Ijehun hasn't really, like, impressed me either. Like, I watched uh, Tomorrow With You as well. I don't know, it's yeah. just maybe because it's like the sort of the afterglow of Signal, where I'm like... Ijehun, I have very strong feelings about him because Pakeyang and everything in Signal. But he's so good. Like, but he needs he is. material in order to do well. He but like he yeah, but his it. drama choices don't seem to have sort of worked out for him, which is a shame because he's had such good um uh what is it called of uh, um the female leads in the shows that he's done like the last two they've been so good but somehow yeah. the shows don't work like Shin Mina is amazing um but yet that show you know it I don't know and Chisubin it you I stand have by got my opinion. a better coaster <laughs> this is like a really short tangent but I say my opinion on um tomorrow with you that like if you watch just to the episode where they get married like that's a movie that you should just stop there it's it's very good on its own <laughs> Oh, that's going into completely different. Yeah, let's not. Yeah, let's not sorry. Go there now. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. But I will say this though, that um, Fox Bright Star, I will remember this drama for the way they showed how an airport works. One of my favorite books um, as a kid was Arthur Haley's Airport. And I'm just, I was delighted to see a drama that was set in an airport, not just, you know, with pilots and air hostesses coming in and going out, which we have seen in a drama before, but uh, like the inner workings. Of a, yeah, the ground stuff of an airport. I love that. I, I also grew that. up reading that book. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I read that book. I, loved, I used to love Arthur Haley back in the day. Did, did, you, did you read Hotel as well? I think yes, that was... that hotel, was yeah. airport. Uh, he was really, really too. good at, at getting into the details of like the smaller details. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, if we're going to talk about its redeeming qualities, uh, the other thing about Fox Star that I really loved was that... Um, like the directness of the emotional relationship between um uh what's it called uh Ijehun and Chisubin, the fact that they could just ask each other questions and it was that direct and it was that simple do you like me yes and oh yeah the, their like, confession was scene good. was really good and also I like the it latter half of the drama ruined that for me unfortunately yeah, I guess yeah I mean it, yeah like this was a drama that I really loved in parts there were parts of it that I just was like wow so, and it was beautiful, like, to look at, it was gorgeous. Yeah. To continue the theme of dramas that we really loved in parts. You know, this is what it is, isn't it? it it's worse because you loved it than it when is. it goes on bet- betray you. Then you're like, it, it cuts so much worse. If you were just bad from the beginning, as many dramas were, then you're like, I don't care. You were bad from the start. Right. I'll just drop you and move on with my life. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. No, that's what it was with Pretty Nuna who buys me food, also known as Something in the Rain. (laughs) But it was so good in the beginning and it just went so So bad after that. And it was so offensive in the worst way. I'm still just so surprised when people are like, I loved it. And I'm like, how could you? Like, I feel betrayed that people love it. I'm sorry for anyone. Right, like, usually you're just like, oh, it's a matter of taste. With this Yeah, like, but in this case, you're like, how are you justifying? Like, in yeah. what way can you justify liking this? This is because, okay, the only sort of um, way that you could justify that in a way that I can understand is saying it was realistic. But that realism itself is um, offensive because... Women don't need this kind of realism. I'm sorry. This is daily life. So that kind of realism. Yeah. You can like it for that. Like, I will accept, okay, you liked it because it was realistic. But to like it as a romance, to like it as, uh, you know, um, I don't think uh, I've seen anyone liking it purely as a romance. Maybe one person. But most of the people who like it, of their small number, but they say that it's very... um, it's showing like a very flawed character who never changes, which is, I think, what Sonia Jin said in her in her um, interview. But the thing it. is, the drama didn't sell it to you that way. No, they wanted to sell it. it. This is like they're like they're retconning it. They're saying uh, they're like you know trying to explain the the craptasticness of this drama by saying. I mean, oh, I'm not is, saying it I was agree. meant to be like this. I'm just saying. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm, so, I know you're yeah. not saying that because I know you hate it as much as I do. Yeah. <laughs> no, and like there's a specific point in the drama which feels like a turning point for her character where she's like, oh, I'm not going to just allow myself to be um, harassed in the workplace because I feel like I have to anymore. I'm going to speak up. I'm going to change. I'm going to be different. I'm going to 
turn over a leaf in my life. And then by the end, you're just like, oh, no, that didn't work. Life's depressing and I'm horrible and everyone is horrible. And I, yeah. <laughs> but also the way that it just kind of fizzles out without actually ever really being addressed, the fact that none of that worked out for her. They just kind of quietly tucked it under the carpet and like hoped you wouldn't notice. And you're left going, what just happened? Like nothing happened. And yet she's acting like she won something. Like, do you, like, no. <laughs> they give you that ha- so-called happily ever after reunion without giving you any of the reasons why it should have happened and in fact it makes you feel like it kind of betrays your feelings about them getting but yeah and it's not point. a happy ending and either ha- because yeah. it's like nobody is saying that these two can't uh like like each other in the moment that's not the problem with them here yeah. The problem with them is something different. And, and they're never going to be happy because they're just going to keep doing this. <laughs> yeah, and the show made me really, actually, really hate Sonia Jin as well. <laughs> so I, I don't know if I, like, I was planning to watch The Last Princess, which is a film that she did uh, a few years ago. And just when I look at her now, I get angry. Because uh, I, 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 I know I can separate character from actor and stuff, but it's, it's one of those things I always sort of have emotional association with with uh, actors in their characters for a while this is why like I mean apart from uh like what the what's his name has done in the present when I what after I watched Rooftop Prince I couldn't enjoy Sung Kyung Kwan scandal for like the full first half of the show because I hated the um the Rooftop Prince character of oh gosh what's his name Yuchun yeah yeah oh, he's because garbage human it, yeah I mean we yeah, know that now know but that at that exactly. time <laughs> so no, like, I mean I know what you mean because I mean I couldn't hate Son Yujin because I've loved her so much in Alone in Love and I've seen that such a like it made such a deep impression on me but like Jung Ae-in this is the only thing we've really seen him in. Yeah, I don't like and him I, anymore either. <laughs> I fell in love with him in the first few weeks, and I was like, oh my god, he's like the breakout performance of 2018, and now like I don't want to see his face. Yeah. Or like, I feel betrayed. Yes. <laughs> the only person I like from that show, sorry, the only person that I want to see again from that show is her brother, like a singer. He's the only person that I'm like, I can see your face again. I Everyone love else can yeah. just get out and be gone forever. I'm sure I'll get over this. And I, I mean, Sonia Jin is a fantastic actress and maybe she did a little too well because that character. Wow. <laughs> okay. Barma, do you have any final thoughts on Pretty Nuna or do you think we like this dead horse too? <laughs> I, I, the, to I think you, you covered pretty much everything. <laughs> okay. I'm still so angry about this show. <laughs> So to improve our mood, yeah, let's talk about the dramas this year that we missed but are on our list that we really want to watch. I think we've all got my Odyssey at the top of that list. Yes, <laughs> what else? Yeah, I really feel like I've missed out so much with not having watched that this year. But there's yeah, only so many same, hours yeah. in the day. What can you do? <laughs> I'm also planning to watch. Um, my ID is Gangnam, is Gangnam Beauty. Beauty. I yes, was, I did have Beauty Inside on my list, but like when you were talking about Beauty Inside and how it made you angry at the end, I changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I it's mean, basically, sorry, go on. Worth, 
it's probably still worth watching just because of the chemistry between Eamon Key and uh, the actress whose name I've forgotten, so as Hyunjin. I always do. So Hyunjin, yeah. But the chemistry between them is really good. And I liked how the relationship develops until it gets to that crucial point where idiocy happens. Okay. But, well, forewarned um, is forearmed, I guess. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think so. And, uh, uh, yeah. Oh, um, I, uh, I missed out on Misty, which is sad because I think, um, Anissa, you were watching Misty, right? So, yeah, Misty is actually one that I watched six episodes and then I got behind. And those six were, like, incredible, mind-blowingly good. And then I heard that a lot of people were disappointed by the ending. And now people are saying that, like, watch it knowing that that's the ending and you'll enjoy it more. So I'm thinking of going back to it because I feel like it was one of those where it was, like, the last 15 minutes were kind of disappointing, but everything up till then was, like, incredible. So I might go back to that. So it depends on whether you're willing to <laughs> to go into that knowing about the ending. What else? Uh, <laughs> Not <yeah>. sure. <laughs> um, I've also got uh, Just Between Lovers, which I actually had been planning to watch since like last year. So I don't know how I ended up missing out on watching that live because I totally meant to and it just didn't happen. Uh, definitely um, watch it. Yeah, that's a definite. And not to mention all of the other shows that you guys uh, have mentioned in the past um, two hours? Whatever. <laughs> many hours. <laughs> many, many yeah. hours. Um, and also the other one that I uh, really want to um, I, uh, finish, because I started this and like accidentally dropped it, um, which is a, a Woohoo Waikiki, a.k.a. Laughter in Waikiki. This has another name on Netflix with Waikiki in it, but I can't remember if it's like Hello Waikiki or something. It's on Netflix? It is. Yeah, I just, it's on uh, well, now. UK Netflix anyway. Oh, I don't interesting. Know. No, no it's, on, it's on Indian Netflix as well. Indian okay, Netflix has added a lot of gay dramas in the last few months. Yeah, they've got a very, well, maybe, mm. I don't know. Yeah. They have certain <laughs> links. <laughs> I don't know if they've put. bought them out from other previous uh providers <laughs> anyway um so yeah that's one that especially because like i'm watching red moon blue sun right now um which is uh its official name is children of nobody it's official english title um and e kyung who is the detective in that doing a really good job so i'm kind of i'm more invested in watching this again also i miss kim jung kyun on mm-hmm. the screen after you know what happened with time yeah um and now like i've had after seeing jung in sun in terrius it's like you know i know this cast much better now so i think i i really enjoyed it even then but i think i got to this point where i was just scared of the terrible thing that was about to happen in episode three or something i was like oh really i watched episode one and i was like i hate this it's so bad (laughs) what what which drama are we talking about oh okay it's really funny but in that sort of broad humor type of way which i think i can tell is not anisa's type of i think it's just yeah i just didn't find it funny and i i just was whereas it's like the perfect level for me (laughs) well that's the thing with humor right it's so individual to the person yeah it's very lowbrow and very sort of physical humor as well yeah, physical humor generally that. tends not to work with me either. So I was okay with the first episode, but I thought I would go and watch the second one, but then I guess I never did. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I've I've heard a lot of um like really sort of yeah, I mean people really seem to love that one. Yeah, 
Yeah. Another one on my list is Matrimonial Chaos, which was one of those that like I was interested when I heard of the casting and then like I just never watched it because of time or whatever. But people seem to really like it. It's got Tatehan and Beduna, which both of whom I really love. And it's a remake of the um the Japanese drama Psycho no Psycho no Rikon, which is like literally means best divorce. So it's about, I think, two married couples. But anyway, I heard that it was really good. And it seems to be one of those slice of life shows that I really enjoy. So I'm going to pick that back at some point. Or I'm going to start it. I'm sorry. I never never started it. Was that originally a novel or was that originally a drama? It was originally a Japanese drama. Okay. Um, because I think. I think I recall that this is from the same uh, writer as the Japanese version of Mother. But I don't know if that's referring to the drama... I think oh, it's was the there drama a writer that's okay. the same, Yuji Sakamoto. Okay. I'm not yeah. that familiar with Japanese writers, so I wouldn't, wouldn't know at all. Just remember that was why I wanted to watch it, mm. but I never got around to it. I'm going to wait for your take on it now, though. <laughs> okay. Barma, did you have yeah. any more that you are planning to pick up that you didn't mention? Uh, I just... I wanted to watch live as well. I don't know if I'd be able to, but um, yeah, it's on my list. Okay. What's our next category? Uh, dramas we want to give a second chance. Yeah. Like something that we may have started watching but then dropped. And then dropped. I kind but of already we... talked about mine, right? That was Misty. So I'll let you guys talk about yours. Okay. So for me, it would be just between lovers. I think I watched the first three episodes. Um, it was around the time when uh, the, the the female lead uh, joins the office, like her new office, and uh, that was around episode three, right? I think so. so. It, yeah, and um, I'm it, it's the thing with this drama is that its pace is very steady, hmm. at least up to episode three. I don't know what happens after that, but um, because it's so steady and it the the plot develops so. Um, Steadily. <laughs> I think you want to say slow, right? <laughs> not not slow. That's exactly the thing. It's it's not not slow. At no point do you feel like the pace is lagging. I know that I would enjoy watching it. I know from Anissa that I would definitely enjoy watching it. But just the, the as much as I had seen it was enough to tell me that I am going to like this drama. I already like the characters in the drama, but because of the very quiet pace. I started watching something else at that point, I think. And I never got back to this. So there was no like real reason for me to stop watching this. This has always been on my radar. So I just have to find the right moment to get back to it. Mm. What about you, Saya? Uh, for me, it would be Mr. Sunshine, which I watched about three. Uh, I can't remember if it was three or four episodes of and I didn't intentionally drop it. I kind of just sort of put it on the side for a while because I was busy or whatever. And then I ended up just not watching it again, like not picking it up. Um, but I've heard from more than one quarter that it was worth watching. I have like historically enjoyed Kim and Sid dramas. You know, I loved Goblin. I loved Descendants of the Sun. Um, her recent dramas, that is. And... Yes, I do still have, I think actually part of the reason at the moment that I 
was like, oh, I don't know if I want to watch this, was when they were sort of pushing that romance with Lee Byung-hun, uh, Lee Byung-hun and um, Kim Tae-ri. Mm. And I just it, I felt a bit icked out by that. But because it's not because it's much more of an ensemble drama, maybe it would not be so bad. And I do like that the historical setting and I heard that it gets epic. So I'm mm. willing I'm gonna give it another shot. If you end up loving it, then I will watch it too. Because I dropped okay. it after episode four too. Oh, okay. So we dropped it at about the same point. I think so. Okay, yeah. cool. I shall report back. Okay. Sounds good. Okay, so our next thing is, um, we thought, yeah, we thought it would be fun to t- also talk about dramas that didn't air this year, but that we watched this year. Just very we finally you know, watched this year. Yeah, <laughs> just a, a best and a worst. <laughs> yeah, for each of us. Yeah, I don't, I don't actually have a worst. I um, watched both. Um, I watched uh, b- both these dramas. Uh, I, I don't know why I haven't watched them before because I love Soin Gook, but somehow I managed to not finish Shopping King Louis and um, High School King of Savi. I've like, I had watched both like halfway through and never finished them. And I finished them this year. And of course, I loved him. <laughs> of course, <laughs> yes. I'm No more to be said. Yeah. <laughs> I also didn't have a worst. My only one that I watched that was not in 2018 this year was um, Age of Youth 2. And I think that's because when it originally came out, the subs were really, really slow. And then this year I noticed that it was on Netflix. Um, so I just watched the whole thing and I loved it. It was so good. <laughs> Watch it. I still haven't watched the first one. <laughs> oh my God. Girl, you have no excuse. Both, both <laughs> are on Netflix. Binge watch them. <laughs> okay. So the only reason I have a worst is because I watched Full House, okay? <laughs> I think we've said all that needs to be said on that. Yeah. <laughs> a drama that did not age well. Uh, my best, uh, I actually watched quite a few uh, non-2018 dramas this year. Um, the best is kind of a tie because I'm like, so I've got Argon, um, which is 2017 drama, and Doctors 2016. And I, I don't want to not mention one or the other though I did mean to choose because like objectively speaking like Argon is it's a drama that should be watched it's like it's a it's a very socially meaningful drama it's about um like uh, the late Kim Ji Hyuk who I think I talked about it in one you of did, the acts. yeah yeah right so one of the acts it's it's very short it's eight episodes um but it has a lot of sort of impact um, especially given the times that we're living in. Um, and then you have Doctors, which is just a romance. And it's, you know, Ham Young-hee, who is the writer of Temperature of Love. And basically, since Temperature of Love, I've been slowly working through her her back catalogue. Um, and I don't know why I missed out watching this when it aired. And I remember Barma saying how much she loved it uh, and me being unconvinced. But yeah... It's it's all you know. It's got all of the hallmarks of of uh, humming dramas, which is really well drawn relationships and very sort of squeeze them in parts. I want to watch both of those. Those are both on my list, and I think uh, both of them are on Netflix as well. I believe. Even Doctors. Oh, I think I saw it on it the other day. Yeah, yeah Doctors is definitely on Netflix. Although I don't know if Netflix US would have Argon it. Argon definitely is for Netflix US, yes. but I'll have to yeah. check about 
doctors. Yeah. Although doctors, you should probably watch on Vicky. Their subs are better. Mm, okay. Thanks for the tip. Yeah. And finally, <laughs> Alas category, which is honorable mention for just one non-Korean anything, a drama, movie, whatever you guys Anime. want to let. <laughs> yeah. Movie? I thought this was only for... for- <laughs> <laughs> you can't change the rules right at the end. Okay, no, it's a drama, okay? It's something it has to be a drama. Multiple TV episodes. show. Okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> Who wants to go first? You guys go first. Barma? Oh. Barma first? <laughs> okay. You don't want to go. Um, this Wait, is why can't I ever go last? I can go you first. You want to? Have to? I can go first. Okay. Minus, oh. minus Kim's Convenience, which we talked at like to extreme length on one of the yaks. <laughs> but it's a sitcom about a Korean-Canadian family with a, their own convenience store in Toronto. It just makes me happy. It's beautiful. It's lovely. It's warm. It's hilarious. I love it. Appa is the best. <laughs> Appa is the best. <laughs> Although, okay, Oma is kind of the best, too. Yeah, they're all great. Hashtag, okay, see you. I'm waiting for season yeah. three to be available. You know, after I watched that, I um, just, it was in my head, so I'd have customers and be like, okay, see you. <laughs> and then laugh to myself for, like, a full minute afterwards because I've done that. Some people, people are like, oh, this crazy lady, what's she doing? Okay, well, who's next? Yeah. <laughs> okay so mine would be timeless which i have wanted to talk about all year but keeps getting cut out of our yak lists because of time constraints Sorry. but yes timeless which is uh, uh cbs drama i don't know. let me check this before i before i say something dumb. wait it's american i thought it was it's british an, no 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 oh uh timeless nbc oh okay uh so NBC drama. This is American, right? It's not like Canadian. I can't yeah, tell. It's American. Thing. It's American. Okay. Um, yeah, it has to be. Um, it's a time travel drama about uh, a, t- uh, a, th- a three-person team who lots of things happen. They go back in time to change history or to save history um, from being changed by uh, time-traveling terrorists. Um, what's really great about this show is that it is an actively inclusive show. The hero, like the central. Uh, group uh, of this show is you know um a woman who is a university lecturer she's a historian it's uh, a black guy he's an engine he's like a top engineer thingy I- i'm sure he has a more fancy title that i don't know because i'm dumb um <laughs> and the then you have your token white guy who actually turns out not to be an idiot except sometimes he is um <laughs> uh you have a woman of color who is uh, one of the major love interests. It's just these characters, they're not just their colors. They're not just like, you know, the uh, women or whatever. They are such, like they're full people and none of them are token. And everything is, I just, I love this show to bits. And the, the time travel segments, that the, the time traveling that they do, they go into sort of these well-known events in American history or sometimes world history. And they will dig out like the hidden figures in, 
in that story the women the people of color and they will tell those stories and they chose to do that and this is a show that got cancelled twice like it got cancelled at the end of the first season um and then you know there was so much fan uproar that it was kind of resurrected for a shortened second season and then it got cancelled again I mean, it's an expensive show to produce and they couldn't justify it based on ratings because, you know, it's a niche sci-fi show and nobody really wants to see colored people or women frontlining shows. They just, you know, that's like a demographic truth about the way the stuff works. I mean, it's changing slowly, but network television is kind of on the back end of that. Yeah, so they basically, they just wrapped up, um, like... um, with a two-hour sort of series finale Christmas movie special thing to just tie up the story is, I guess, fan service. So I'm kind of on a high from that, and it's it's a really good show. I think you guys would love it. You should watch it. Okay, that definitely sounds really good. We'll check it out. And it will like, especially like maybe for you and Issa, it will be different because those events of history will actually be familiar to you. Whereas, you know, for me, everything was new. Oh, interesting. Okay. I'll check it out. Uh, my last one is a Chinese drama. I haven't been talking much about the Chinese dramas that I've been watching. I've noticed. I have been yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to talk about Eternal Love, which is a drama every person who's ever watched Chinese dramas knows about. It's great is all I want to say. And has a happy ending, in case anybody was wondering. Well, so, that, that's okay. Um, huh? What? So, uh, Anissa asked, what, uh, what year is it? And I asked, how many episodes long is it? Oh, so, I don't know what year. I think it's 2016. Um, but And I think it's about 50 episodes. It's longish. Oh, oh wow. It's <laughs> <laughs> intense. But, okay. <laughs> Um, the one that I actually want to talk about, I'm, I'm just that was a cursory mention, is uh, Sweet Combat. It's um, I, I have mentioned this drama before. I talked, I told you guys that this reminded me a little bit of weightlifting fairy Kimbokju in yeah, that the female mixed martial artists were not treated like you know, oh, they are female and you know, like can only fight with I don't know, female other females and are not a threat to. Or, or not respected by men. It's not. It's not that kind of a portrayal. This the, these women are athletes, and they are treated with respect by everybody. The, their level of competence is acknowledged. But the best part about this drama, the thing that really hooked, like it, like most Chinese dramas, it goes on and on. So yeah, there are parts that lag. But the best part about the premise is that the hero here, played by Liu Han is um, he's someone who's learning mixed martial arts and he's taught by the heroine. Like she is so far above his pay grade as far as, you know, athletic skill is uh, concerned that nobody in the drama is even suggesting that he can take her on. That's not even like something that anybody would even, that, that's not mm-hmm. even a, a test of his manhood. That is, that's <laughs> not even considered. Do you know how amazing that is when the heroes competence at something is not immediately matched against the heroine and the heroine's competence has to be dismissed so that the hero can be established as a man yeah it's it's so amazing to watch a drama where the heroine is clearly the sunbae she is just superior in terms of skill 
and and the amount of uh, time that she's put into developing her skills so she's just a set apart and he is sorry sorry and he is tutored by two other women like the the people who teach him and the people who bring him uh, his skills up to the level where he can fight his own battles these two are also women so i just i really love this drama and there are flaws that we can talk about at some other time but i just want to hold this up as something that 2018 gave me and i loved so yeah now i was just going to ask that's awesome i was just going to ask if you ended up finishing it and if you felt it was worth watching Did you finish the whole so thing? So I still have the last 10 episodes um left to finish because this is a kind of long drama and it took the subbers uh, on Vicky some time to oh. uh finish subbing it but um I have watched like majority of the drama and so far like I've told you it's 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 a, it's a Chinese drama so there are certain sections where it just keeps mm. going on and on but the it it the they are consistent with the characters they don't break out of the mold oh and also the female character here plays the cold hearted chebol and the male character <laughs> nice. is eating the candy <laughs> so <laughs> but they don't fall into the pitfalls of the trope that these stereotypes establish so it's it's a really sweet love story but That's more importantly it just it's something really fresh nice okay i think We covered our year in dramas. Oh my god. We exhausted our list and so <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we exhausted the day. We exhausted. We've particularly exhausted Burma yeah. like uh, it was like 3 a.m. No, like later. Oh yeah, it's 2:30 a.m. now. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Thank you listeners for spending the year with us. I just want to give a shout out to the fact that like We had a lot of milestones for our podcast too. We had our first oh, anniversary. Yes. We did our first podcast audio commentary. We figured out our format, <laughs> which we were like struggling with in the beginning. And you guys are like supporting us on our Patreon, which is like a dream that we didn't even know we could imagine to dream. So thank you so much for that. Yeah, thank you for listening to us, guys. That that's just. It's so amazing to have listeners every time we put out these podcasts and we watch the listener number go up. It just it it makes us feel really warm. Yeah. Enjoy <laughs> that unlike anything else, honestly. So thank you. It's yeah. also amazing to have our listeners like talk back as well because I mean it's the three of us here and we talk to each other, but we also, you know, we are aware that we are talking to everyone who's listening. and sometimes it can feel like screaming into the void and other times someone talks to us and we're like oh my god oh someone really someone wonderful. listened yeah uh, yeah that's 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 really you know the fact that people take the time out of their day to listen yeah. to us but then to let us know that they've listened to us that's next level man your emails are very precious to us and your tweets Your and your company even when you're not feeling social that you know that's fine it's amazing to know that you're listening yes thank absolutely. you so much to everybody who's listening to this yes and happy new year and may the new year bring you many beautiful blessings and happiness amen <laughs> bye guys bye, bye everyone